0: Can we agree on something right from the get-go? The world is trying to push us into its mold. Can you agree with that? That the world is trying to sell its lies. Do you agree with that? No? I think you're going to, hopefully, at the end of this message. What I want to do is take an equal stance and maybe even a better stance than that the world the world is bold the world is not holding back and when I say the world I mean this world system and so we're going to be bold today as well and I think some of you I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of advance notice might get a little squirmy you might get a little uncomfortable Let me guarantee you, there is nothing that I'm going to say to you today that your children have not been hearing or that you've not been hearing. This past week, I don't know if you noticed it, but feminist publication Jezebel, that's the name of it, shut down. It's a magazine devoted to and focused on feminist movements and gender identity topics. That shut down this last week. Named Jezebel of all names. We're looking at the Jezebel scheme. Parents still name their daughters Jezebel in our world, modern world. It's a name that's associated with power and authority. They often are raising their daughters, these parents who name their child Jezebel, raising their daughters with the echoes of 1972 Helen Reddy's song, I am woman, echoing around. Remember that song? You'll remember it when I tell you this one lyric. I am woman, hear me. Jesus described the spirit of Jezebel. He did this in Revelation chapter 2. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. That's that's the Jezebel spirit. Jesus called it out in a church called Thyatira. Thyatira. So as we look at the Jezebel scheme today in our Schemes and victory series, I want you to keep in mind what the Bible tells us about false gods. Here's what Deuteronomy, this is Moses writing in Deuteronomy 32, quote, they sacrificed to demons that were no gods. So if your understanding or if your if you're thinking was that, of course, there's demonic influence you know, appearing as an angel of light, starting Mormonism, if you're thinking that there is demonic influence that incites men and women to get together and to create and devise false religions, well, you're on your way to understanding it, but you're not quite there. Every false religion is a worship modality to a false demon, to a demon, a false god. There's a demon behind every false god, an active personal entity called a demon. They are fallen angels. And if you didn't believe that one, there's this from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul says, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. So if you go into an ancient temple, let's say it's Zeus, or Apollos, or Aphrodite, and you pour out your drink offering, you put a sacrifice on that altar, you're actually worshiping and sacrificing to a demon and not to God. Why? Because the spiritual world is organized. And there are demons who are rulers and authorities and cosmic powers, and they reign over this present darkness and they all work together they are in sync to carry out the schemes of their commander his name is satan there are personal active demonic entities and they are alive and active and out in the open in america now that's the purpose of this series now let me make that really really clear before we move on what we're doing in this six-week series this is week five as I am opening up your eyes to the actual demonic personalities that are motivating what we're seeing happening in America today. And then I'm also emboldening you to show you very clearly that we are not fighting for spiritual victory, we are fighting from spiritual victory. The war is already won. Christ defeated all of them at the cross and the empty tomb. And with that being said, let's jump right into the Jezebel scheme. Number one, the demonic entity behind Jezebel. What's the demonic entity behind Jezebel? Well, Jezebel and her husband Ahab. We looked at Ahab last week. He was the king of Israel. Jezebel is his queen, his wife. Together, they sought, they tried to replace the worship of Yahweh, that is God, with the worship of Baal and Ashtoreth. So here's their goal, to replace the worship of God, the rightful creator, the personal God over all. They're replacing that worship, leading people away from worshiping Yahweh and into the worship of Baal and and Asheroth. Now, let's discover Baal and Asheroth. If you didn't hear last week's message, can I encourage you, get on the website. It was incredibly eye-opening to what Baal is doing through Ahab. Today, we're gonna look at what Asheroth is doing through Jezebel. But here's what the Word of God says. The people of Israel, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Asheroth. They always go together. And they cried out to the Lord and said, we have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the Asheroth. And then in Judges 2, they abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Asheroth. So let me remind you what we saw last week. What the demonic entity behind Baal is always trying to do is to get people to drift away from Yahweh. But drifting away from Yahweh is not his final scheme. It's pushing them into the arms of his wife, and her name was Asheroth. Baal and Asheroth are a couple, husband and wife, represented by Ahab and Jezebel. Israel called her Asheroth. But she went by a lot of different names and a lot of different societies. Let me give you a few of them. She was Estarde to the Canaanites Inanna to the Sumerians, Ishtar to the Assyrians and the Babylonians, Aphrodite, you've heard of her to the Greeks, Venus, you've heard of her to the Romans. And there's a lot of other names. It's the same goddess, it's the same demonic entities. It just takes new names for new times and new generations and new civilizations. But nearly all of them, all of them that I just read, from the Assyrians to the Romans, Worshipped her as the queen of heaven and associated her with the moon. You get a modern equivalent now in America with a resurgence in the worship of the goddess Sophia, and this one's trying to come into the church. This is the moon goddess, the goddess of wisdom. Who was Ashtaroth? Well, in her mythology, and I'm going to show you a whole lot, but let me get you started by understanding this. She was the goddess of love and war, of sexuality and prostitution. She worked her trade in taverns, modern-day bars. Israel built for her groves. They built groves for her worship. These were gardens where they could have prostitution with her priestesses under the moon, out in the open. And when Israel came into the promised land, God commanded them, Exodus 34, you shall tear down their altars, the altars of Canaan, of, of Canaanites, the altars of Baal and Asheroth and Moloch, and break their pillars and cut down their Asherim. Asherim is plural for Asherah. What is an Asherah? It's a pole. It's a pole embedded in the ground or a cultivated tree in a particular shape. They were icons of this demonic entity, of this mythological goddess. Her name was Asheroth. It's where she was worshipped. So wherever Ashtaroth is worshipped or Ishtar or Aphrodite, here's what you see as her signs. You see an increase in manipulation, sexual immorality, false teaching, radical feminism, female authority over men, male effeminacy, masculation, gender confusion, homosexuality, shamelessness, to name a few. These always, always accompany the worship of Ashtaroth in every civilization. Wherever she's worshipped, promiscuity, perversion, female power, false teaching rises. But let's get a little clarity into three things that she's actively trying to do, and they all are happening now. In America. Number one, this demonic entity seeks to corrupt sexuality. Today, porn, erotica, sexual massages are all altars in the brothels of her worship. She has a lot more than that. Her influence is seen in the modern obsession for beauty. It's seen in the gym where people are willing to try to cultivate beauty for endless hours in the fitness room, in the plastic surgery rooms of doctors where they seek liberation and power through beauty and sexualization. That is the promise of Ashraf. Modern pole dancing, which is on the rise, derives from the ancient days where priestesses danced around the Asherim all to excite the worshipers to worship this goddess. That's where pole dancing came from. You can find this goddess's groves on OnlyFans in Victoria's Secret TikTok, the red light district, you find her priests and her priestesses in public libraries dressed in drag, in liberal classes of colleges, all fomenting on the rise and the power of women over men. Where you find her influence growing, you find an increase in divorce rates, riots, and fatherless homes always. They always accompany this. Her religion is peddled in schools, health classes, the internet, and now terribly in churches all over America. Take Park Church in Elmira, New York, for instance, who invited drag performers into their communion worship or the church in Texas, which wanted to enlarge or expand their circles and invited people from the LGBTQ community to come in and be blessed by the pastors. Her popular name is Ishtar. That's the the most prevalent name she goes by. She had priestesses who were prostitutes and they worked straight out of the taverns. Let me shock you by reading to you some of her hymns. Did you not know that ancient gods and goddesses All had hymn books and worship songs. Did you think we were unique in worshiping our great God? They all had hymn books. And here's a 3,000-year-old hymn. And I will read it to you. They cannot compete with you, Anana. That is Ishtar. That is Ashtaroth. As a prostitute, you go down to the tavern. And like a ghost who slips in through the window, you enter there. Take the word pornography for a moment. Porne means prostitute. Pornography means writing. It means the writings of a prostitute. And it originated from the corruptive influence of this demonic entity. This is what this demon specializes in. It corrupts sexuality. Our country in America, true fact, is now the world's leading creator and exporter of pornography. It has an annual $100 billion dollar price tag. $100 billion. Now listen really carefully. If you click on a porn site, not even purchasing the services, if you click on a porn site, You are allowing that company to generate profit through ad revenues. Even clicking on a site contributes to this demon's scheme to destroy. But that's not all she does, point number two. This demonic entity seeks to distort gender. You see, Ashtaroth was the goddess of love and war opposites and it reveals an even more diabolical element of her scheme and you can discover it once again in her ancient songs that were written to her let me quote them to you she has the capacity to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man to change one into the other, to make young women dress as young men on their right side, to make young men dress as young women on their left side, to put spindles into the hands of men, and to give weapons to the women. This is thousands of years old. Her worship lore goes like this, quote, I am a woman, I am a man. By day, a beautiful goddess of love, and by night, a bearded god of war. You see, it's from Asheroth that would arise our modern phrase, gender fluid. She specialized in making young men into young women, and young women into men. The demon works to emasculate men and empower women over them. She puts a spindle to sew into the hands of men and weapons of war like swords and spears into the hands of women. She radically feminizes women and we see this clearly with Ahab and Jezebel's marriage. Let me take you back to the word of God. Let me introduce you to Ahab a little bit more. Ahab lived in a palace, and next door neighboring him was a vineyard. He wanted the vineyard for a vegetable garden, the Bible says. The problem is that the man that owned the vineyard, his name was Naboth, knew the word of God, and the word of God said, land is a gift. Do not barter with it. Do not sell it. Keep it in your family. It's a gift from God to bless future generations of your family. Ahab goes to Naboth Naboth, and says to him, can I have your vineyard and I will give you another piece of land for your vineyard and if that's not acceptable, let me just buy it from you. And Naboth, because he was a godly man, said no. Now watch what Ahab does. Goes back into his palace. The Bible says he goes into his bedroom, climbs into his bed, pulls the covers over him and sulks. Here comes Jezebel into his bedroom, and she sees him pouting. And she asks him, what's wrong? And he tells her, and she says to him, you're the king of Israel. In other words, play the part of a man. But because you can't, I will go get the vineyard for you, and I will give it to you. So she goes out, and she arranges two people with trumped up false charges. Then Naboth had blasphemed God. And they publicly testified that he had done this. And they turned and they took him out to a cliff and they threw him off the cliff and then rolled large rocks onto him until he was stoned to death. And she took the vineyard, Jezebel did, and gave it to her husband. This is what Asheroth does. It emasculates men until they're soft, and it raises women up until they take control. An ancient prayer to Ishtar boasted that she would take away their men's swords and bows and arrows and daggers and then put into their hand the distaff, which is used for sewing, and the mirror, which is used for makeup." She would deal, Astroth would, with ta- toxic masculinity by defanging men and making sure there isn't today an animated movie or a sitcom anywhere that has a healthy, strong, competent father. Do you know of any that does? Her worshipers praised her, quote, May Ishtar, mistress of battle and conflict, turn his masculinity into femininity. This was her scheme, and this is what she tried to do. In England today, between the years 2009 and 2018, the transgender movement exploded 4,515%. Can you get your mind around that number? Church, what we are seeing today, do not swallow the lies. What you're seeing today in the LGBTQ plus agenda is the false goddess Asheroth coming out of the shadows. This is a demonic entity. She is now out into the open and none more brazenly than on June 28, 1969 in New York City. And before I tell you what happened, re- remember that this warrior goddess loved the bars, loved the taverns. So it's no surprise that in Greenwich Village in a gay bar called Stonewall on that night in June 1969 were packed 200 mostly gay men and women dancing and drinking together. And the police raided the bar. Homosexuality was illegal in 1969. And it touched off the Stonewall riots. It endured for five days. They came against the police so badly, they barricaded themselves inside the bar. The bar called Stonewall. It was a watershed moment for the LGBTQ plus movement. Just months later, gay activists met in Philadelphia to plan what would become an annual gay pride parade. And this is now all over the country in prominent cities. In June 1999, President Clinton declared the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots every June in America as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. Did you wonder where Pride Month originated? It originated from the 1969 Stonewall Riots. That was the night that Ishtar broke out into the open. That was the watershed moment. But this demonic entity, friends, has a greater goal than just corrupting sexuality and distorting gender. And what we're going to see next, the church must listen. Number three, this demonic entity seeks to destroy the nuclear family. What is the nuclear family? It is mom and husband, mom and dad, with their children, grandparents, and grandchildren. That's the nuclear family. And this demonic entity is trying to destroy that family. Now, you might be thinking right now that I am embellishing. I'm going to prove to you that I'm not, and next week you are going to see it in unbelievable clarity. Asheroth is the goddess of love and war, and she would march forth in the battle of the sexes. She raises women to dominate men. She emasculates men to be submissive to women. She changes men into women and women into men. She yearns to distort God's created sexual identities. And it's going to begin in the 1800s. That's when the radical feminist movement began. But it's going to come out in the open in the 1960s. And it's going to come under the leadership of Gloria Steinem, Roxanne Dunbar, and Judith Brown. Let me read to you three quotes from three radical feminists to show you what their agenda really is. Here's the first by Betty Friedan. Women who are just as housewives, who grow up wanting to be just a housewife, are in as much danger as the millions who walk to their own death in the concentration camps. They are suffering a slow death of mind and spirit. Now that's tame, compared to the next two. Linda Gordon says in her war cry, the nuclear family must be destroyed. Whatever its ultimate meaning, the breakup of the families, now is an objectively revolutionary process. Robin Morgan, we can't destroy the inequities between men and women until we destroy marriage. This is their agenda. If I had time, I would read you dozens more. They're not hiding this. Radical feminism is destructive to women. If you want to understand this, I would invite you to get the book called Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age, written by Rosaria Butterfield. She is a former professor at Syracuse University. She's a former lesbian married to a woman. She got saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, came out of lesbianism, came out of the movement. She was a leader in radical feminism, came out of that movement, and is now speaking to Christians all over the world the lies of our anti-Christian age. I would encourage you to get that book. It's an incredibly good book. But i got to show you one more point. It's actually our second point, the defeat of Jezebel's influence. How is she going to be defeated? Well, Jezebel dominated her husband Ahab. She created a false religion. Listen, when the Bible says that so-and-so built an altar, what that really means is so-and-so started a false religion. It doesn't say that about the altar of God. Elijah rebuilt the altar of God because it it was lying in shambles. He didn't start a new religion. He revitalized Yahweh worship. She started a new religion. She killed every single prophet of God but 100 of them. And all 100 of them were hiding in a cave. The only one that wasn't was the only prophet of God bold enough to go out and confront the evil of the day. His name was Elijah. Elijah. But years later, eventually, King Ahab was killed in battle. And when he died, his son, his and Jezebel's son, Joram, took the throne. And Joram was nearly as evil as Ahab and Jezebel. Joab killed Joram. And after he killed that wicked son of Ahab and Jezebel, he headed towards the city of Jezreel in his chariot at a furious pace. Jezebel knew he was on his way. Watch what happens. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. Look what she does. She painted her eyes and adorned her head. She put her makeup on and had her hair done. Why? That's what this Astaroth spirit does. She's trying to seduce Jehu. And she looked out of the window, and he, Jehu, looked up his face to the window. She's in a multi-story building and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked out at him. These were emasculated men. And he said to them, Throw her down. You know, every emasculated emasculated husband, at least in my experience, grows bitter has dominant wife. I have not seen an exception to this with all the counseling that I have done. Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. But when they went to bury her, they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Exactly what God prophesied through Elijah years before. She tried to seduce Jehu, But instead, the men that she emasculated picked her up and threw her out the window to fall to her death below. And the part that I left out that is in the text says that the dogs of Jezreel, that's the city, devoured her. But they would not touch her head or her feet or her hands the instruments of her evil now you remember the series the purpose of this series schemes and victories is to open our eyes to the spiritual root of what is happening today the spiritual root is not political the spiritual root does not really need educational reform yes it does need educational reform that's just not the root Yes, vote. Yes, be political. Yes, reform. Get to your schools. Sit on the board. Represent teachers. That's not the spiritual root. The spiritual root is there are demons and demonic entities at work destroying this country. And what is the church doing? What are we doing? The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh We have divine power to destroy us strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, destroying them. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. We stand firm in our spiritual armor. We have one weapon. It is the sword of truth. And by it, we destroy the lies of the world. By it, we subdue and change the desires of the hearts. By it, we cause the devil to flee just like he did when Christ wielded the sword of truth in the desert. And we pray. That sword that every Christian has destroys the strongholds of Baal and Ashtaroth. But did you notice that the dogs in Jezreel ate her entire body, but the skulls and the feet and the hands. You want to know God's opinion towards Jezebel the queen and God's opinion towards every person inflated with the spirit of Baal or Ashtoreth. Here it is in Proverbs 6. There are six things that the Lord hates. Do you know that God hates things? Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies. And Jezebel checked every single one of them, including one who sows discord among brothers. This is what the spirit of Asheroth does. But where's our hope? Well, let me give you our hope, and let me challenge you severely. And I hope you can do what the Bible says: gird up your loins and brace yourself. Let me give you the hope. Nine hundred years after Jezebel was killed, someone else is going to be born, and the Bible is going to tell us all the way back in Psalm twenty-two. That this someone else who will be the Messiah, his name is Jesus, will also be surrounded by evil, ravenous, wicked dogs. Here's what Psalm 22 says. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Do you not remember that a crown of thorns pierced his scalp? Nails pierced his hands. A nail pierced his feet. And while the dogs would not pierce and would not eat the, the head and the hands and the feet of Jezebel, these dogs would pierce everything in Jesus until he died. But in his death, he would defeat the devil, the world system, and the flesh. Look what Colossians says, that God disarmed the demonic entities, the rulers and authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. Listen, you do not fight Christian brother and sister, for victory. You fight from victory. The victory's already been won in Christ. He's disarmed them. And that is our sword. That is the gospel. That is the message of hope in church. We must fearlessly declare it, even to those who have been incited by the demonic entity of Asheroth. So let me challenge you boldly. You ready? I'm going to invite your honesty on this. Do you love gay, queer, and transgender people enough to boldly share with them how they could be saved? Or are you standing away disgusted with them? That is not the heart of Jesus. Can you believe the truth of the Bible that stands against the lies of this world? That there is no such thing as a homosexual orientation? That's a lie. Every time you read about homosexuality in the Bible, it is grammatically in a verb. It is desires running amok. It's never a noun. There is no such thing as homosexual orientation. It is people who do not want to live the way God has designed them, so they run after their illicit desires. That's what is happening. It's not the way they've been created Will you tell people, Christian, that transgenderism is actually the sin of envy? That's what it is. It's the sin of envy. I want what you have, so I will do what I need to get it. That is a sin condemned by God, but it gets more personal. You ready? Men, especially will you make a covenant with your eyes that when a woman who is not your wife walks by, your eyes will not travel to her butt and her breasts that you will make a promise like Job to put a hand over your eyes and guard where they look. Ladies and men, Can you tell yourself the truth? Listen, listen carefully. The truth is this, immodesty, immodesty is a sexual power trip. Do you not know that? It is gaining power over people. And every Christian, we must examine our wardrobe. Why did we buy it? What is our motivation? What is our desire? When we go to the beach, when we go to the gym, when we walk in the, the halls of our schools, why did we dress the way we dressed? Is it for a godly reason? Or is it the entity of Asheroth inciting you to sexual power? Church, the Bible says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. This is true for every. Christian. But it gets even more personal. Are you ready? Ladies, have you risen up over your husbands to take control of your homes? Men, have you abdicated leadership to your wives? I do a lot of counseling There is a trend that I have seen when I have worked with people who are struggling with lesbianism or homosexuality are wondering if they're better off being another gender, the opposite gender. Let me tell you what I have found. This might make some of you upset at me. I don't mean it to, but I want you to think about this. In every case, I cannot think of an exception at home. If there is a father, that father has abdicated control. He is soft, he is effeminate, he is emasculated. And the wife has risen up and controls at home, usually with a sharp, critical tongue. Christian, look deep into your hearts, just like I have to. And see if the influence of Ashtaroth has affected you. And if so, get it out in the open. Confess it and repent of it. Boldly declare the gospel both to yourself and to every single person around you. That is your sword of truth. And pray for this country. Pray for this church. Pray for your families. Pray for your hearts. And remember that we have the spirit of God inside us and we are fighting from victory over a perniciously powerful spirit called Ashtaroth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, this one hits close to home. I think, Father, this is the most predominant spirit that is at work. It's not the most destructive, but it is the most predominant. And while Baal's scheme was to get the people of God to drift away from their God, to steal them away, Asherah's scheme was to destroy the people of God by destroying the family. I think most of us know if you destroy the family, you destroy the nation. We need truth. We need to see the lies of the world Transgenderism is not a noun. Homosexuality is not a noun. Not in the Bible, it's a verb. They are illicit desires of the heart. We need to speak lovingly and boldly with the truth of God's word. Lord, be with all of the Christians in this church. Let there not be a hint of sexual immorality. Let us examine why we dress the way we do, why we work out so hard. Help us to examine our motivations. Let us guard our eyes and treat women as sisters and men as brothers. We ask for your help in Jesus' name, amen.